1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now the WPBM Noon Business Hour. Right now, reports on consumer spending, manufacturing are out. The U.S. debt ceiling looming as a shadow over Washington. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors, based in Denver. Uh, David, uh, October 19th seems like it may be a pretty big day. The U.S. could default on its debt for the first time ever. Why would that be such a big deal?
3: Well, it's a big deal because uh, the U.S stands as the reserve currency really for the whole world in every transaction that takes place. And, uh, and if we defaulted, uh, all bets are off with regard to the standing <clears throat> of the U S. So <clears throat> that would be a very bad result. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think we keep, we've got some good news, at least on the consumer side today that, uh, Offsets that uh, nervousness about default. Uh, That jump in consumer spending 0.8% in personal consumption expenditures was a good number. Also, on the manufacturing side, we got from the uh, supply managers a uh, very good number, uh, 61.1 for the September reading That was another good number. So we have an economy that is going to grow more slowly in the second half than the first half, but it's still a very decent growth rate.
2: Talk about the importance of consumer spending as is really the engine of this economy.
3: Well, there's no question. Consumers account for something like two thirds of total spending in the economy um, and uh and we've seen the consumers really lead this recovery from the uh, pandemic. Uh, the reopening economy has been led by the consumer. They still have a lot of money to spend. Uh, I think it is important, emphasize the fact that they've been shocked by a couple of things. One is, most immediately, the big jump in inflation. I think almost all consumers are shocked, either at the grocery store or at the gas station, or in many other ways by how much prices have jumped in this environment. And uh, I think there's also a, a, a bit of nervousness about where we're going from here, particularly talk of tax increases and other kinds of things on the horizon that uh, may lead to some consumer caution. But for now, at least, consumers look quite bright as an influence on our
2: economy. And inflation, something that has been a concern as we rebound from the pandemic. Is it a long-term concern, you think, or, or do you see it actually as transitory, as the Fed keeps saying?
3: Well, I certainly would argue with the Fed's characterization as transitory. Um, there's no question that we're going to carry this inflationary well into next year and maybe even beyond mainly because we have shortages everywhere, uh, and particularly in labor. That's the one to watch. If you want to see whether or not inflation is going to keep going, watch how wages are behaving. Watch how much businesses have to pay to get workers to come back to work. That means wages are going up. That means businesses will raise prices to maintain their profit margins, and uh, that's going to carry inflation out ahead. It's difficult to predict much beyond a year or two, but... uh, I think inflation is going to be, what should we say, Cisco, sticky as we look ahead to... Uh- uh, both 2022 and maybe even beyond.
2: Yeah, transitory is relative, right? Transitory could be 20 years, right? <laughs> Instead, in theory, yeah,
3: well, you transitory. can stretch that. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why the Fed uses big words like that. But uh, <laughs> but, but to me, transitory means it's going to be over quick, and the Fed is very wrong on that argument.
2: Thanks so much. David Joins, chairman of DMJ Advisors. October is normally a dead season for movies. It's not the case this year, let's get the details from Paul Garabidian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Paul, why is this October so different?
4: Well, the calendar got reshuffled because of the pandemic, and now suddenly, Cisco, we have a bunch of big movies in October. And typically, like you said, a dead zone, a very quiet time, post-summer, sort of kicking off the fall and then heading into the holiday movie season. So it's pretty incredible when you look at the lineup of films starting this weekend with The Many Saints of Newark, The Adams Family too, and of course, Venom, Let
2: There Be Carnage. How important is it to Hollywood that these movies really take off, given the uh, really the rebound that they're trying to get out of the pandemic?
4: Well, I think it's an extremely important October because even though Shang-Chi and Free Guy did extraordinarily well in September, the newcomers into the marketplace... Didn't fare so well. It was a very quiet September, except for the holdovers, the movies that were already launched before Labor Day. So now the pressure's on for October to deliver. But when you have movies like No Time to Die, I mean, James Bond, come on. We need a hero, a box office hero. Here he is, James Bond. Uh, that opens on October eighth. Then you have Halloween Kills, perfectly timed for Halloween, on October 15. And Dune, October 22nd. And Last Night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright film on October 29th. So it's a uh, October just loaded with great films. It feels like summer in October.
2: Yeah, we often talk about the, the, the movie makers and how important it is to them. But what about the theaters? How important is it to them that these movies take off?
4: I mean, this is the lifeblood of these uh, businesses. I mean, for the big screen, for the movie theaters, both big and small chains and mom and pop movie theaters, This is what they need. They build their business around great content. The theaters do their part. They have a great environment in which to see a film, great sound, great images on the screen and amenities and food and all that great stuff. But you got to have the movies at the end of the day. And I think that's going to be really put to the test in October. I think the movie theaters are going to come out a winner. And if you look ahead towards the rest of the year, you've got a Spider-Man movie. You've got Eternals. You've got a Matrix movie, West Side Story. I mean, it doesn't just end in October. November and December look amazing in movie theaters as well. Very right. positive
2: outlook for movie theaters. And for those theaters, they need to show Hollywood that, uh, you know, you can't just do everything streaming. You can't have everything just directly to some sort of an app. That There's still real value in these theaters.
4: Absolutely. And the movie theaters have stood the test of time, taken on all challenges albeit this one quite uh, unprecedented with the pandemic, but still it has always come out on top. The movie theater is, in a a sense, a product of a bygone era, but it's just as important and viable and relevant today as it was 50 years ago or more.
2: Thanks so much, Paul. Dear Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Home security is becoming increasingly sophisticated. It's even taking to the skies. We welcome Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media. Paul, help us to understand Amazon's idea here. Certainly seems controversial.
5: Yeah, well Amazon's idea is an extension of its already pretty obvious idea, which is they'd like to be involved in almost any transaction you make. Uh, they have parts of businesses that are e-commerce and security and all sorts of other stuff, and they want to be involved in your home. And they are, they are now announcing a subscription service called Virtual Security Guard, uh, for those who have purchased Amazon-owned Ring cameras. Uh, smart doorbells and camera company they acquired uh, about three years ago for about a billion dollars. The thing that's, that's controversial about it is that it is included in this sort of security array are drones that fly over the house. Again, at the behest of the customer, it's not like they're flying from some other company, but Amazon is accessing that data, is gathering that data, and they're also offering, the Amazon, an astro robot, a robot, a cute little robot that is going around your house and making sure that everything is secure. So depending upon your thoughts about privacy and security either your house is being monitored so it stays safe or you are being monitored as you move from the shower to the bathroom <laughs> so it's really it's it's a it's a split uh, perception on the part of most consumers
2: and i would guess for people who are concerned about privacy amazon would say well if you have a problem just don't use it but if you want to use it go ahead
5: that's exactly right. And by the way, Astro does, the it, it, light turns green on this little Astro, this cute little uh, robot that w- goes around the house. And the light turns green. Uh, it can be programmed to avoid certain areas. Uh, images of faces can be deleted. Things that are sent to the cloud are encrypted. All kinds of things are built in for security. But again, what you are indeed doing as a customer in this situation, if you opt in, is you're you're opting in for a, a company to observe your home life. Again, that's what you're doing when you buy, say, ADT services, when you're opting in to have a company observe your home, uh, the, per, the uh, so the perimeter of your life, to keep it secure. So it really, again, depends on your perception. In the end, uh, this is something that's not gonna go away. We've got, a lot of us have Alexa devices in our house uh, where we speak to it and call up uh, pizza or other things uh, or radio programs like this one and you name it. The, the bottom line is there are people who have opted in. Now this is a, a, some people it's a bridge too far for other people, it's a feeling of reassurance.
2: Do they feel as though there's a difference with other home security companies where they're literally just looking for bad guys, you know, to make sure that your place is safe and with a feeling that Amazon is taking all this data about your activities and- and how your home is laid out and all of that, and and using it to help their business. Well, you used the right
5: word there. And look, so, you know, you said just looking for bad guys. Now it's literal. In other words, a lot of these security companies are actually looking at video, or at least uh sort of storing it for you so that you can look later to see if you can see the face of the person who tried to break in, for example, if that's what you're seeing. So that seeing seems neutral, but in this situation, seeing is everywhere. And a lot of people, again, they're giving up uh, for convenience, they're giving up some privacy. That seeing is happening here on a level that has, uh, you know, heretofore undone. Uh, Amazon is really bringing that seeing inside the house, not just the perimeter, to your point.
2: Thanks so much. Paul Hockman, always good to have you on. President of Humongous Media. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM New Business Hour continues. Let's see what's going on. Gary Kalbaum is here, president of Kalbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today?
6: Uh, well, from the high of Monday, uh, the Dow dropped like 1,200, 1,300 points. So, It's normal uh, to get a little relief rally here. You're getting it. Uh, But the interesting thing that's sticking out for me, the strongest groups in the market right now are oil stocks, airlines, cruise lines, hotels, and travel-related stocks. So uh, definitely uh, changing of the guard right now because those areas were pretty much dead money for a while. And the worst-acting stocks are the stocks that were the strongest for a while, And that's your technology, especially your bigger technology names uh, that have been suffering here as of recent.
2: Is that Wall Street betting on economic recovery, people getting back to their normal behavior, especially with the travel?
6: I would suggest that as a combination of international travel now coming back, uh, the numbers on the virus are now starting to swoon again. And as long as that continues, I think these areas uh, should go higher. How much airlines and cruise lines will go higher uh, you know, I think there's probably a shelf life, but right now there leave no doubt the institutional money's buying them.
2: Because there 'Cause there'd been uh, some people wondering. I mean, a lot of those stocks are still, even though they've come back, they're not nearly where they were before the pandemic hit. And so, a lot of people wondered if maybe this was the new normal, and there there couldn't be really an expectation of them getting back to those levels.
6: Uh, I, look, I think the farther away we get from a virus, I think uh, the uh, the chances they will go back to their old levels. i got to tell you, something like a Hilton is already at its all-time highs. So some names have really bucked uh, the trend uh, and the weakness of some of these other areas. So uh, just leave no doubt, I'm a big believer in following the tape and following where the big money's flowing, uh, and they are in there right now and definitely on the oil front also as oil prices continue to pick up
2: and that just shows you i mean you have to be just selective it's not always necessarily looking at a sector it's looking at individual stocks within those sectors in order to find the ones that are really best positioned
6: oh well when i talk markets i don't talk uh, just dow p. i I scan 200 sectors every country every commodity uh, i will promise you over the last year we've had bull and bear markets side by side where you could own half the market and be down 15%, or own the other half and be up 15%. The differences have been that stark uh, the, the, a broad market move has not been at the fore. Hopefully, that does get better. But right now, it seems to flip-flop ping-pong on a daily basis.
2: I always hesitate to use the the phrase game-changer because, you know, I mean, I think it gets used so often. But you got Merck stock today. It's up a little more than 9% on, on word that this drug may significantly help keep people out of the hospital if they get COVID. I mean, this is something investors, I would imagine, have to at least take a look at.
6: Uh, look, when you can reduce, reduce the risk of hospitalization or death by 50 percent um, with a pill, uh, that's pretty darn good. And it adds to what we already have, uh, plus the booster shot. So, yeah, that, that, that is good news. And Merck's uh, market cap is up about 17 billion today because of it. And I'm pretty sure that's what's helped some of this move in the, in the travel-related names also.
2: I want to ask you about Facebook, too. Uh, the company just keeps getting hammered. Yesterday, they were back before the Senate getting hammered about Instagram. Uh, is that one that should investors be leery at all? Uh, because it seems like Congress is not letting up on this company.
6: Well, for all the leery, it's uh, maybe 10, 11 percent off the all-time highs and is up about uh, 30% in the last year. So uh, maybe, Larry, and leave no doubt, uh, some of these companies, not just Facebook, but some other tech, are in the crosshairs. Uh, but we have seen the story before with government over- oversight and then nothing ends up happening. So, uh, you know, Facebook's all I can tell you, their earnings are up 100%, their revenues are up 56% year over year. And uh, if they continue that, Uh, stock's going to go higher.
2: Thanks so much. Always good to get your thoughts, Gary Kelpbaum. You can find him online at garyk.com.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart Cart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring
7: for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one...
2: The best daily deal in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday. This afternoon, we're looking into acrylics. They are booming as a result of the COVID crisis. Courtney Wright is joining us, owner of Gemini Builds It and Showcase Acrylics, based in Elgin. Courtney, help us to understand Gemini Builds It. Let's start there. A company that's been around for a long time, but you took it over just a few years ago.
0: That's right, Cisco. I bought it five years ago, but it's a 45-year-old company.
2: And tell us what they do for people who are not familiar with it.
0: Well, the basic company, we're a manufacturer of wood and acrylic products, as well as printing. Uh, We're an acrylic fabricator pre-pandemic that worked for museums and industry.
2: And then you took this beginning in 2016. You expanded now into showcase acrylics. Help us to understand that part of the business.
0: Thank you. Uh, well, in 2020, no one was going to buy anything from museums which were shut down, and I had the good fortune of... Uh, getting involved with Costco and Whole Foods early on in 2020 to provide what's called a sneeze guard. Um, I didn't really know what that word was, but quickly have learned. And that started an entire PPE division for us. So we've been active up until this day, making sneeze guards all kind of custom acrylic for people that want to protect their employees from the, the germs and provide optics that they're doing their part to help things.
2: Talk about what that, that pivot is like, because I- I think that really separates certain entrepreneurs from others. The fact that when there's an unexpected challenge, they're able to say, oh, okay, well, what's the hole here? How can we make this work?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a great question. It wasn't perfect at the beginning. I had marketing material that was, you know, a little bit B-level. It wasn't perfect until it was perfect. We got things on our website quickly. I think it's speed to market, uh, Cisco, that really differentiated and why we got out of the gate so strong. We got out of the gates, we listened to our customers, and then we kept changing and evolving our designs to meet what our customers needed.
2: Yeah, that seems like you you, you need to, to sort of have a thick skin in understanding Hey, that feedback from customers or potential customers, you you, you can't get too invested in the product being exactly what it is today. You have to be willing to let it evolve.
0: Because the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if I like or you like whatever it is we're putting out there. If it doesn't work for your customers, it doesn't work. And I just don't uh, mind. When people give me feedback, it's a gift. I learned a long time ago that that's the message. So I sort of look for what are the things they're saying and then react to that. And our company is nimble enough to be able to really take advantage of those lessons.
2: So are you doing anything differently for people who are at home, whether they're working from home or, or just spending more time at home? Is, is- is that part of your business at all growing?
0: You know, no, we work for businesses. So really when people are coming back, I mean, last month, great example, the younger kids who are in school now and aren't eligible to be vaccinated, their teachers wanted those kids at those long rectangular tables to be separated. So we made some dividers that put 10 children at a table and you know, they're spitting all over the plastic and that's fine because at least they're not spitting all over each other, and it's a little level. I don't know. I'm not a germ, you know, police, but I do know that it's optics for the parents. It's great for the teachers, and it does help.
2: And I'm thinking not only in the classroom, probably in the lunchroom as well because you have a bunch of students in there trying to eat at the same time. You can't do that with a mask on.
0: That's right. And every single lunchroom has a different uh, sequence of tables. And our differentiator is that we can do it for, you know, rectangular tables or round tables or square tables. And they all exist. And everyone is different in every school. And we're able to kind of put the right solution in place to make it work for their particular need.
2: I'll offer one piece of advice to up and coming entrepreneurs, people who are just trying to make their idea work, uh, what you've learned over the years.
0: I'd say uh, you've got to grind. There is just nothing and no substitute for continuing to work and listen and be with customers. Don't sit in your office. Be face-to-face with customers or Zoom-to-Zoom and um, take what they tell you. And good customers lead you to business. Thanks so
2: much. Really good to talk with you and to hear a bit of your story. That's Courtney Wright, owner of Gemini Builds It and Showcase Acrylics in Elgin. That's Entrepreneur Friday. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The latest strategy for airlines reflects the drop in business travel. Let's learn more. Joe Schwederman is here, professor of public services, director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Uh, Joe, help us to understand a, a new level of seating that some airlines are looking at.
8: Yes, it's a fascinating trend because we're seeing airlines make some bold moves now that they have a sense how the market's going to be post-pandemic. And, you know, pre-pandemic, there was so much evidence on first-class and even business-class heavy hitters in the skies would save their points and and want to be up front in these luxury uh, sections. The new thing is called premium economy, which you... uh, get not only more legroom but get a wider seat you get a little better service uh you get uh, the ability to recline further and a bigger lcd screen uh but it's not nearly as space intensive as the old business class
2: and they're hoping that people are willing to pay even just a little bit more in order to get this
8: well that's what they're far the data is showing here that pleasure travelers particularly higher-end pleasure travelers Will pay often up to thirty percent more than you know being stuffed back in the coach cabin, you know, in the middle seat, and uh, only these seats uh, can be designed so they only take about ten percent more room than economy, uh, general economy. But you know, they're generating about 30% more revenue. So you may pay 30 or 40 bucks more on that one-way trip. And so the math works out really well for airlines that they, they can usually keep the same number of seats on each side of the aisle by just uh, uh, shrinking down the, the aisle a bit. And uh, it's, uh, it could be a cash cow for the airlines.
2: And if they're making that much money extra on the seat, I mean, obviously, they'd love the plane to be full. But if not, they're still doing okay just by selling some of those seats for more.
8: That's right, and they always, of course, can put uh, general economy people uh, in those seats since they're not uh, taking that much more space. But, you know, you throw in a few other perks like uh, early boarding and uh, a little extra frequent flyer credit, and people just feel like it's a more dignified experience. You know, it was was interesting that pre-pandemic, airlines were kind of scaling back business class uh, and pushing for some of these really premium first-class products you know, with life-flat seats. This is a whole new thing where it's much more practical, but uh, we'll take the edge off that trip.
2: And is this just showing that the airlines are finally coming to grips with the fact that at least some of that business travel is either not coming back or not coming back for quite a while?
8: That's right, and uh, again, if people aren't flying as much, they're not going to be switching airlines who has the best frequent flyer program for that first-class upgrade, which is what business travelers often live for, you might say, or business-class upgrades. Uh, Now it's... uh, uh, a smaller share of their of their of their action, and we've seen that with them shifting flights to pleasure markets as well. So you certainly wouldn't want to fly to Orlando with a, a full complement of first and business class. You don't know, want on a Sunday. It's clearly uh, tailoring the product to where people are going.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Thanks so much. Good insight from Joe Schwiederman, professor of public services and director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip. Get back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function. It works both online and with the Odyssey app.
7: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?